Πονάει, πονάει, όταν ο δικέφαλος γλεντάει, γλεντάει, πονάει, πονάει, όταν ο δικέφαλος γλεντάει, γλεντάει. Welcome to the Crazy Ike Fan Podcast. I'm your host, Teddy. No matter where you are, thanks for taking a listen. Thanks for making this part of your day. I hope everyone's doing well, having a great week. I got a lot to get to today. Literally recording minutes after the Ike's win against Pasiana in the cup. <clears throat> with a score of 2-0, and I'll, um, I'll elaborate on that later. Uh, let me get some formalities out of the way. Like my Facebook page, Crazy Ike Fan. Follow me on Twitter and on Instagram, at Crazy Ike Fan. Also, guys, if you don't mind, subscribe to the podcast, and please, please give a five-star rating. <clears throat> no matter what you listen to, where you listen to it, it'll help uh, make this content more available to more listeners and get the word out that I'm here talking about Ike every week. Like I said, hope you guys are doing well. I got a lot to get to today. I'm going to go through um, my thoughts on the match against Atromitos, very, very little on the basketball team, and then covering a little bit of this Ike-Yanana cup match today, and then previewing the game against Livadia on Monday, and taking a look at the rest of the football world in Greece, <clears throat> or the top five. You guys know how I do this. So let's get to it right away. A um, couple of new news and notes. Uh, Zubit is set to come back. Um, probably not before the Pauk match. or He's probably going to still miss the Pauk derby, which is uh, disappointing a little bit. Um, probably going to be back either against Ophi or Ibiakos, or available at least. You know, he hasn't started the past few games, so... But, you know, when you have a player of that quality, even on your bench, eh, we're still going to miss him. Uh, Amrabat seems to have a hamstring injury, I think, if I saw correctly. Uh, today, reports were that it was a little worse than thought to be yesterday, so they haven't given a kind of a clear timeline yet. Also, going back to Zubir, you know, he wants to kind of take it easy. Uh, both the team want him to take it easy and he himself because he wants to be ready for the World Cup. You know, he's going to be one of those players that's going to be going to the World Cup um, next month, which sounds really, really weird. But I'll also, I'll touch on that later. Um, a few thoughts on this coming up World Cup. So let's get right to it, man. I got Tromitos. You guys know how it finished, but let's talk about how it began. Uh, we played very well in this game, I felt like. Um, we, we played well, but also we were a little off. Uh, couldn't take advantage of our chances. I forget. I should have looked to see what the total shots on target was, but it was something crazy. It was like, if I'm not mistaken, uh, I want to say it was like 20 total shots with like 13 on target or something like that. It was, you know, statistically, from that standpoint... <clears throat> really outplayed Atromitos. Atromitos played very well. Um, I think we were unlucky in the first half, especially it was probably around the fifth minute or so, maybe. It was within the first 10 minutes, I know, that Le Levy Garcia had a great opportunity to open the scoring, and I think that really would have changed the dynamic of the game. Obviously, of course, anytime you can get an early goal on any opponent, it, it changes the dynamic of the game. Um could have made this a much more open game and I feel like that of course Ike with this pressing style that they like to play this um the way they like to steal the ball and 
counter uh, would have really come to our advantage had Levy been a little more lucky there and scored. Uh, you know, Atromitos did play very, very well. This was probably a lot of pundits and talking heads in Greece and reporters said that this was the best game they saw on Atromitos. And they are a talented team. And I know some uh, Ike fans were very hopeful that this was going to be like a very easy game, that we were going to be able to score goals because... Yeah, Tromitos had been in the past few games, had been kind of that one of those Jekyll and Hyde, um, you know, Jekyll and Hyde teams that one game they'd look really good, you know, they would, they would play really good against one opponent, and the next game they would come out flat. They are a talented club, and they, they had a, a great game plan, don't get me wrong. Um, their manager, I forget his name, had put together a great game, game plan, and they had executed it for... Uh, you know, the majority of the game, they really uh, took it to Ike at times. And, you know, there was one clear-cut chance that they had in the first half where the guy should have really scored, but Anafasiadis was ready for it and um, was able to block the ball. Overall, I think uh, defensively, yes, we were tested a little more. Um, on that left side, I remember... On Ike's left side, talking about Atromitos' right side, the way Atromitos were attacking, um, there were a couple of times where I felt like Mohammadi did not trek back. You know, um, we've been watching the game today, and I'll get into this later. It's very important that you have backs in modern-day football, the way the game is played today. Obviously, most of you guys know this, but that would be able to both play offense and defense and be able to track back, especially when teams counter. Uh, players have to be in the in great conditioning, very quick, which Muhammadi is. But I saw kind of Klonaridi um, take off a couple of times against Mukudi and caused a little bit of havoc. But the, the defense, all you can ask for in football, especially, is for them to bend and not break. And that's exactly what they did. Another clean sheet at that, you know, this team amazingly has become so much more sound defensively with Mukudin Vida and in general everyone Rota has been playing very well defensively and I feel like he's he's really coming into his own and I and I think it's going to be really hard for uh even a player of the quality of Sibide to come in and and play for this side right now in in his um uh, in his position um so that was something that, that I didn't like. Um, but, of course, you're not going to play amazing every game. A few players struggled in this game. Uh, Gatsinovich, I think everyone that watched this game was like, why is this guy still taking corners after two or three bad corners? I mean, the guy took like seven freaking corners that were terrible, especially coming from that left side. And I'm not trying to confuse people here, and I, and I apologize, but I'm trying to confuse you guys. But even today in the game, when he, when he came in late, for like probably around the 70th minute. Um, even the couple of corners that he took today, especially when he takes corners on the left side, it just, it, they were not good quality. They were very poor. And I don't know why, because he's he's got a great foot. So I don't know if it's, you know, just a mental thing or just on that left side, he struggles with taking corners. I don't know. Um, defense, as I said, played well. Uh, the midfield played decent again. 
Pineda comes out as MVP of the game. He was all over the field, both passing, tracking back, uh, being able to hold the ball, but hold the ball and do something with it. Um, a difference that I saw today, and this is one thing, guys, that brings me a lot of joy doing this podcast, is that I have to pay pay a little more attention to what's going on in the game than I used to. You know, normally I I'd, I'd put on a game, of course, I'd be excited, but most of the time, yeah, you see things, but when you have to actually come up with something to talk about, like this podcast, you tend to pay a little more attention to things and paying attention to Mandalos trying to play in that role that uh, Pineda plays in normally. And you can tell the, not the drop in quality, but just Pineda is a different style of player. I don't want to, I don't want to demote Mandalo that much because I think on the front half, like in the attacking half of the of the midfield, I think Mandalos is a great player. He can play a good one too. He can sometimes put a nice through ball. He can play the ball up. Uh, he can do play nice when someone's overlapping. But he's not a good player as far as, I think, holding the ball in the midfield, being a holding midfielder. I just think, to put it simply, Pineda is just a more complete player than um, than Mandalo is. And that really showed in today's game against Yanina, um, as opposed to watching the game, the first half against Atromitos. Full disclosure, I watched the first half. The second half I wasn't able to watch because I was, I was with family and... Um, but I kept checking the score, and gosh, I had a whole different thing in my mind of what I was going to talk about. I was going to talk about how we were going to drop points, because I looked at the time, and it was like 87 minutes. It was still 0-0. Zero, zero. And of course, I had turned my alerts on on my phone, so I was waiting for the message to come through, the final result. I was like, I'm on the Valmet Goldora. Inside of myself, I was hoping, I was like, come on, man. Like, one time, one time. We've seen it time and time again where other teams get lucky, and they get that lucky late goal. Uh, and finally, the score comes through. I saw it on my uh, on my smartwatch where it comes through. Uh, 1-0 Ike and Ike won. one nil. And um, then when I was able to finally sneak away and open up my phone and see that it was a penalty, I was going to screenshot it and tweet it, and I probably should have. Um, just could not wait to hear what was going on. And I was like, dear God, I was thinking to myself, I was like, let's make sure this was a clear-cut penalty. And it was. I mean, look. I know some of these propaganda sites of other teams come out and say, Ike this, Ike that. I know Atromitos put out a statement. I know Atromitos management or something said something during the game, the the coaches or whatnot, or right after the game. Baloney, I'm sorry. Like, people were saying that Mandela committed an offensive foul. How is he going to commit an offensive foul on a play like that? For those of you that watched at least the highlights of the game. There was no offensive foul there. Um, there was a little bit of a talk of a penalty at the end of the game. But again, I know Mandalos grabbed the guy's shirt a little bit, but the guy was already falling back. So I'm sorry to all you Bacos fans. This is something that just came into my mind. Everyone's going crazy on some of these far out there, like really, really opadica sites about the Ike match, right? I don't think your average fan is going to say anything about this or someone with any type of logic. But I'm sorry, you're telling me he was already falling back, so that should have been a penalty. You know, Carapapa came out and said whatever he said. And then last year, oh, uh, was it the Bosnian defender, Vranjez, tripped over his own feet. 
when clearly he was being pushed from the back. So you're going to tell me that was a penalty, but the Mandalos thing was not a penalty. We can't, look, we can't always look at stuff through green eyes, red eyes, yellow eyes, whatever. I know sometimes, especially when we're living in this VAR culture now, which, thank goodness, because, I mean, only in Greece can they screw up VAR like they have. I don't need to say much about that. But um, there are goals that are going to be given. I don't know. Like, I just, the, the, the outcry of this. That's why I, when I opened up the podcast, I was chanting that chant. Because it's, it's hurting people. You know, all these people want to talk about how they just love their team and how their team's the best. But then all of a sudden, you know, you don't... Some of them don't even consider us a rival. And then all of a sudden, I mean, come on, guys. If you want to look at it from this standpoint, this is, what, the first penalty Ike has won the entire freaking season. Meanwhile, Panathinaikos and Libyakos, or Libyakos especially, seems to get two or three penalties a game. Come on now. Asimus. Anyway, I digress with that. Um, so, drama all over the place with that last play. The team was able to pull it out. I knew this was going to be a tough game. Atromitos always plays this tough. Uh, and they, they honestly played very, very well. But hats off to the team for sticking in there, grinding it out. You know, that crowd that just stayed there the, the entire match. Um, it would have been disappointing if we would have dropped points from here. Especially given the fact of everything else that happened in the league the rest of the weekend. But on we go. This week coming up to Levadia. Um, so I, like I said, I didn't get to watch the second half. I came home and, um, it was on replay, luckily enough. So I was able to watch it later on, but kind of, I was in and out, honestly, watching it. Um, I, I feel like we created a bunch of chances. We couldn't, we just couldn't capitalize on it. And sometimes that happened in football and it was just one of those games that could have turned out like the game against Volos. But see, here's the difference. If we would have even, for God forbid, lost this match, I would not have been that mad because I would have just considered us unlucky. We created. We still played with an intensity. Some players did not perform up to the to the level, to the par that we were used to seeing them over the past few games. But overall, I mean, games like this are going to happen. We were able to get the victory. But I would not have been so mad as I was when we lost to Volos. I mean, I still would have been upset. When we lost to Volos, we just showed nothing. In this match, we... we if you would have just looked at it statistically, and I wish I would have wrote them down, I mean, if I would have just showed you the stats and not the scoreline, you would have been like, okay, I got at least two or three goals. This was 3-0. Wrap it up. You know, put a bow on it or whatever. But that wasn't the case. You know, it was uh, one of those matches where... It's it's football, man. It's Denithel uh, Nabibala at one point, you know. Um, good for Mandalos for coming on. You know, I know for some players that have started, he's the ex-captain of the club. I like I like this sense, and I saw it more today, especially from the bench players that came in and played. That this team is truly becoming a team and becoming a family. Everything that Almeida has worked on is 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 coming together. And that's very nice to see. Kudos on Mandalo and Amrabat for coming on as, as substitutes. And especially in this environment where the team's still 
trying to make a breakthrough and, and trying till the very end to get that result. And, you know, Mandela winning the penalty and then Amrabat just going up. Meanwhile, Amrabat reportedly after this match was having trouble with his hamstrings. So, you know, the guy, the guy is just, the guy, Amrabat's a beast. I don't care what anyone says about him. The guy, some of the style of play that he plays sometimes, it, it irritates me a little bit, but you, you can't, say this person doesn't have passion for the game and doesn't have passion for this club. You know, that, you know, other players, you watch them play and it's like, but this guy, you could tell, like, is, is a competitor. He's a, a man's man. He wants to win no matter where he's playing or what point in the game he's playing in. He wants to compete. He wants to score. He wants to give it all for, for, for his team. Which is a great thing to see. All right, let's move on, guys. <clears throat> like I said, we got a lot of ground to cover today. Um, briefly, Ike is two for two in the Alfaena, beating up Olin Apatras. Uh, didn't get to watch much of this game. Don't have much to say. The next game should be a pretty big game. Uh, unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it. It'll be against uh, Pity Steady, who is now coached by, um, oh my gosh, uh, Spanulis. And they're actually playing good basketball. For you basketball fans, especially the Living Greece, this should be a good game to watch because uh, Spanuli does have pretty steady playing some good basketball. I think in the... They're either undefeated or they're leading in their group because they're also in the Basketball Champions League. So, good game. Hopefully, I can make it three for three. And then midweek, hopefully, I'll be able to watch their BCL game. Let's move on then. Let's go to um let's move on and go to today's game. Aikiana, this was a cup match. Um, so I was a little worried in this game because all week all you kept hearing from the media in Greece was that Yanina were gonna play basically their 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 bench players also because they have a big game coming up against the Onikos. They're desperate for points in the league. They're basically paying a six-pointer against Ionikos. My personal opinion with this is that I think it's too early, especially for a team as talented as Yanana, and as we've seen how good they've been the past few years for them to come out and say that. So these cup games kind of scare me a little bit. And as in I could see, those of you that are a little bit older, you remember some of the losses we've had in the cup, especially in single elimination games like the cup can be a big trap. It's also a big trophy for us. We want to go out and try to compete and, and, and win this thing. We've had a lot of... We've been unlucky in the cup, especially cup finals the past few years. Um, it's always uh, a stojo that Ike has at the beginning of the year. The cup along with the championship. So for me, I kind of felt like, oh boy, this could be a, a, a trap game here. You know, um, this... If we were knocked out of the cup today, I was thinking that would be tragic, to say the least. And, and you would kind of hear those grumblings coming back, especially when I saw the lineup. I tweeted out the lineup, and when I saw at the back that we were going to play, Stankovic was getting another start finally after being out for a little while to kind of get him warmed up. I think this was Mitoglu's first start in an official match this season. I'm not positive on that. Don't quote me on that. Zavellas was back. Uh, after his in injury from uh, Agrino, Hadi Safi 
was back in the lineup after being injured. And then Sidibe, the right back, was finally making his uh, long-awaited debut. Um, so it was kind of interesting to see both how this center back pairing that hurt it a lot towards the end of the year had a tough year for both last year for both Zavellas and especially Mitoglu, the young, the young player. And you guys know my feelings on Mitoglu. But also, let me, since, since I started there, let me also start talking about the match. Again, like I said before, being able to really look at players more so one-on-one and more so like, you know, everyone can point out, for example, a center back's mistakes. What they can't point out to if you're not deliberately looking at some of these players in some of these positions, uh, your average fan or, you know, or if, if you don't, not to say I don't care about technical football, but if you're not watching this match to get information, if you're just laying back, you know, you're watching it kind of as, as entertainment and as a, as, as a fan, I really sat back today and watched Mitoglu play, especially him, Zavellas. We know what Zavellas is. Uh, I like the guy, Zavellas. I feel like he's caught a lot of heat the past year or so. Mitoglu is just a a young player that had a a bad run of form last year. All that being said, I could really tell the difference in quality between having Mitoglu and Zavellas and Vida and Mukudi back there, especially Mitoglu playing in place of Vida. Just the way, the difference in the way the ball was passed, Mitoglu has some great qualities to him. I just feel like he needs to be sharpened. I'm glad that they brought in Vida. Um, You know, I, I hope in training, like, he's willing to help this kid. I've said this before, and I said at the beginning of the season, for his sake, I wish either they would sell him so he can go play abroad or maybe have have sent him on loan this year simply because I feel like developmentally Greece is not a developmental league anymore we see this from all the young players that are leaving and even younger ages to go play out in Europe because we just don't develop players the way we used to players get developed in other countries where I don't know if it's a coaching thing if coaches are willing to work more with them or they're able to get more playing time, or what, or what, or what the the factors are there. I'm sure it's a combination of all those things. But you could clearly tell the difference between just the way Vida, when he's on the field, how he commands that defense, how he gets the ball up the field. Mitoglu was trying to do a couple of things. He had one long ball that you know, it almost got to Mandalo, who was cut out by the defender. He had another uh, kind of like a a long, um, <clears throat> another long ball that went uh, offsides to Sibide. Um, he is good with his feet, but just you could you could just tell the the difference in quality between him and um, both central defenders today. You could tell the difference between or center backs. The the quality just changes. You know the their ability. The, the abilities that these players have are a lot different from the abilities that in the uh, that 
experience that um, Vida and Mukudi bring to the table when they're playing. Me, I was kind of surprised to see both of them playing. I, I thought that most likely it would be either Mukudi and Zavellas or Mukudi. I was hoping to see Mukudi and uh, Mitoglu. Well, let me move on from that. So the game started. Kosidis was another surprise starter. He got uh, the nod to start in the striker position. Again, this game, again, for me, um, I would have played it a little bit differently if I was Almeida. I would have put out Aoko in that top spot to try to really get him a goal. I mean, the poor guy, he can't buy a goal. He had a shot in the second half that was an unbelievable save by the Yanunai keeper. I felt so bad for him. But kudos to Kosidi. He gets the start. He gets the nod. He gets a goal in the first five, five minutes of the game. Granted, it was pretty much like a rebound. It was like a, I mean... It was just a goal that was a rebound that you were like, okay, anyone could score that. I mean, not to take away from the kid's skill. You could tell he really uh, was going out there to try really hard to score another one. Um, it was nice to see that early goal. I feel like that took the pressure off the team. And we just had, in the first few minutes of the game, we had chance after chance after chance. Couldn't capitalize on them. Um, really quickly, let me go to the second half. Jan and I came out in the second half to kind of try to surprise Ike, to kind of try to catch, catch us off guard. And it, it really nearly worked. They had a little bit more possession of the ball. They were playing a little bit better in, this, in the second half. It was still 1-0, you know, it was still, the game was still there at hand. And then I saw their, their manager finally made a couple of substitutions to make the team more attack-based. They put Rosario in there, who was a player that I mentioned in the in the league match against this Yanana team that I liked where he wreaked havoc on that um right side of the um or the he was attacking right that left side of uh, Ike's defense um he had a couple of plays where it, it looked kind of dangerous but nothing really I mean Stankovic wasn't really tested in this match the defense at times it got a little you know a little suspect, but not nothing <laughs> too much to worry about. Um, and then Ike finally, after the first 10 minutes of the second half, uh, started picking up the pace, pressing more, hitting pass on the counters. They were trying to, trying to push to get that equalizer. So then Ike, um, Got a penalty and was able to make it 2-0. So let me talk about this penalty real quick. Eliasson was attacking from the right. He came into the box. The guy... Okay, if the guy didn't didn't hook him... So the guy kind of hooked him. Eliasson went was going kind of behind the guy and the guy kind of hooked him. In all fairness, Eliasson kind of sold the play. But, I mean, that happens. You cannot, you cannot put your hands on a player. You cannot, like... People are going to... Not to say that he was taking a flop, but they're going to, you know, you're inside the box, you're trying to win a penalty. I mean, that's just that's just the way it is. I feel like if he didn't hook him and they were just both going after the ball, the ref could have let play resume and just said, you know, you both going after the ball, which is kind of shoulder to shoulder. But I feel like the fact that he was kind of hooked and kind of dragged Eliasson actually into the box. Uh, actually, Eliasson was kind of dragging him and he was, I guess he probably still felt like he was hooked and fell in. Um, ref gives a penalty. Mandalo steps up. Good for him. Mandalo stepped up. 
made it 2-0 for Ike. It was nice to see Mandalo, even if it is from the spot, get a goal, get his first goal in the... I guess so, if yeah, long may he continue. May he score many, many more goals for Ike. Um, and that was pretty much it. After that, a uh, bunch of subs for Ike. Uh, Franson, Franson came in. We had a Franson sighting. You guys know how excited I get when I see him, which I guess... Almeida must see some kind of quality in this guy because I feel like he's always on the on the game sheet. He's always on, at least on the bench. I think he's been on the bench for almost every Ike match. Um, <laughs> Redonia also came in, which was nice to see him get an opportunity. Actually, I had totally forgotten that Galanopolo even started this match. You didn't hear his name much. He had a shot <clears throat> from outside the box. Of, uh, was really trying his luck. Um, and shortly after they called his name, he was uh, subbed off. You know, and then the announcer was talking about all the injuries he's had. And get to see Novellanopoulos at least get a start. Start to get some more game pace into him. You know, he need, he just needs to get into game shape. I feel like him and Sidibe are in the same boat. Um, it was good also that they played Sidibe today and played him with Eliasson, who normally starts on that right side along with him. That way they can get some kind of continuity. Because we saw how well that pairing of Eliasson and Norota has worked. Um, I did see CBD at times. He was pulling up like a very, very far attacking. I don't know if this was um, a request from Almeida, that this this was part of the, the pregame plan or whatever. This was part of the plan for him to be that attacking. Um, or if this is just the style that CBD plays. Um, but he also showed that he could trek back and also play defense. Obviously, you have to take it with a grain of salt because it was his first start. He just looked like he needs him and Galanopoulos just looked like they need more more game more game time to be game fit. They looked fit as far as like you know being in shape to play and the runs that they were making. But you guys know that they've been watching football or watching sports in general that there's a difference between being in shape and then being game fit. So. I don't feel like I need to explain that very much. But that's all she wrote here. Um, it was a pretty clear-cut match. You know, a little nerve-wracking at first. I'm glad I got that that uh, goal in the first five minutes. Which, which, despite, even if it's the cup, a league match, whatever it is, it's always good to get off on the right foot. Um, especially with these so-called, you know, whatever you want to call them, uh, smaller teams or whatever. It's always good to get that first goal in the first few minutes because it really can open them up and really makes it difficult for them because they have to come out of playing out of the back. And basically, that's that's what happened in this match. I really should have gotten that second goal a lot earlier. But we got the second goal yet again. Another clean sheet, which is awesome. So now, if we're really thinking about it, Ike have conceded four goals in the season. Two from the spot. And then just two goals from the run of play, which is pretty amazing. And both of the goals they have scored on, again, it was that rocket that Delatic hit, that where both Pineda defensively should have done better and Stankovic should have really done better um, to get his hands on that ball. But that's a that's something that doesn't happen very often. That's a goal that you're not going to see very often. And then the... 
the other goal, the Unicos goal, which was the first opponent's and the only opponent's goal so far in, I guess, Sofia, was in the in garbage time, basically, the last minute of the game, that you could say that the team was just ready for the game to be over, and it was a defensive lapse. So, I mean, really, that's that's pretty amazing, guys. When we're going into now counting this cup match, nine official games, to only have four goals and scored against you, I mean, that's that's impressive. To a defense that had the I think statistically it was the worst year in Nike's history last year as far as conceding goal. We were conceding goal every time I felt like last year at some point, probably from this point on, mid-October till the end of the season, I felt like every time a team would counter, I felt like they could score on us, which this has a totally different feel. This team has a totally different feel to it now. All right, so let's move on, guys, <clears throat> very quickly now. Let's go to the match day nine. <clears throat> Uh, matchup that we have in Livadia. By the way, Livadia has great souflakia. If you ever go to Livadia, they have some of the best souflakia in Greece. I've been there myself. I have family. Great, great little town in Viotia. <clears throat> so we're going to go there for a Monday afternoon match. Livadia, Ike. And I know this is a team that's at the, if they're not at the bottom of the table, I think they're second to the bottom. But they're also... A very feisty team, a team that doesn't concede easily. This team has not been blown out. It really was interesting. Like, I was looking for stuff to kind of talk about this team. I've watched them in a couple of games here and there. Um, and I went back through to look at the, how their season has gone so far, score-wise. Really, I mean, they got outscored by Adi 3-0 in the first match. And that was their worst loss. That was their worst loss, and that was the first game of the season, too. I mean, they were playing at Thessaloniki. You have to kind of give them credit that, you know, that that the rest of the games was all, like, all three of their points are off ties, 1-1. And then they played Panathinaikos very tough in Los Foros. Panathinaikos was able to just get a 1-0 victory over them, and they scored in the third minute. So defensively, this team's very sound. Um... And they're, they're not playing bad. Their one biggest thing that they have a huge struggle with, and who knows if they're going to be able to answer this for their sake, is they have no center forward. They have no one that can put the ball to the net, into the net. They have a decent buildup for a, a smaller team. Obviously, defensively, they're very sound. They don't concede, on average, more than one or two goals a game. So um, they're going to be hard... They're going to be one of those teams where they're going to park the bus. And again, we're going to have to see how Ike can manage to have a breakthrough. Um, again, same with the Yanina game. I hope Ike are able to break through early on and get that early goal. I feel like that's going to be very key to this match. I don't. Re I can see this kind of being a trap game for Ike. But in the end of the day, I'll be very, very stunned if Ike don't get the victory here. And honestly, if I'm going to make a prediction, I'm going to say it's going to be 1 or 2-0. Uh, similar to today, I feel like if I could press right from the get-go, we get an early goal in the first few minutes of the game. Hopefully the first like 20 minutes, we're able to get a goal. Because just like any of these quote-unquote smaller sides, if you don't score right away, you're giving them more hope. And this team is very, very hungry for points. They need points badly. 
they're going to be in a relegation battle all season. And, you know, yeah, they can write this game off and say, okay, we'll take a zero points here. But the more and more you give them confidence, the more and more the score stays nil-nil, the more and more confidence they gain, the better and better I feel like this team's going to play. And, and like I said, I hate to keep reiterating this, they have played good football to, to Greek League standards. Um, not very attractive, not very... Uh, we not very entertaining, but uh, have been able to leak out some results. They're still looking for their first win. Um, like I said, I don't see how I drop points here, but I don't feel like it's going to be one of those matches where we go in there and we just smash them like 5-0. Absolutely not. I feel like it's going to be similar to today's cup game. Of course, cup games have a different feel than, than league games, but I don't see how I don't get all three points here. Uh, it would be hard if we drop points here than to not go into the Palk match, looking at the Palk match, or the Derby against Palk, as a must-win. So, again, I feel like mentally, and the togetherness, and however Almeida motivates this team... I feel like it works. He's going to have them ready to play. It's going to be like a, a business trip, hopefully, for Ike. And let's all just hope and pray for a good result. So that's my prediction for this match for Ike. is 2-0 against Livadiakos in Livadia. Like I said, great Suflaka in Livadia. But let me move on here and talk about the rest of the top five or whatever. You guys know how I do this. I talk about... Um, the Ike matches and the Ike news, and then I've also decided to give my opinion how I think the rest of the the top five contenders in Greece are going to do. Again, not numerically the way they are top five now, but you know, as far as the the size of the club, you guys know what I'm talking about. Sorry to be reiterating this, but we have a lot of new listeners, and I just want them to understand that that I don't want them to think like I'm an idiot that I don't look at the the current top five of the, of, of the league. Um, so we got on Saturday, we got Panatolikos, Olympiacos. Um, I would say that if, uh, Panatolikos wasn't missing their striker, this would make things very, very interesting. Unfortunately, I think he got a red card in this past game over the weekend. So he's going to be out. Um, I don't see how Olympiacos drop points here, but this Olympiacos team, we don't know who's going to show up to play. So Panatolikos again, Similar, but a better team than Livadiakos or a well-put-together football club. Um, we saw this a few weeks ago when we played them. Uh, now, how well are they going to play us? How well are they going to play Olympiacos? I'm sorry, excuse me. With missing their striker, I don't know. There's a lot of pressure on Olympiacos, especially after losing that derby against Pauk. Uh, that was a really hard loss for them. It was that was an insane match to kind of talk about that for a minute. I didn't watch it, but statistically, I mean, Pauk had one shot on target with two goals. Meanwhile, Olympiacos had like 13 shots, seven or eight on target. They were very unlucky. But hey, sometimes that's the way football goes. You know, you don't. I mean, I came within like a couple of minutes of having a nil nil draw last week. If we didn't, if Mandos wasn't able to win that penalty. We would have been talking about dropping points against Atromitos when we dominated them statistically. Again, that's what happened in this match. Um, kind of to look forward 
uh, that would be against Pahok, which is going to be a massive match uh, the following weekend. Luchescu get this whole rhetoric that he has against Athens and it's us against the world and has seemingly to amped up Balk players again and has a way to, to get them to play for good in, in Derby's because I honestly could have seen Paul getting smashed in this game and I was kind of expecting it to be honest. I thought it would be kind of curtain call for Lutescu. So I'm not gonna say that it scares me going into the to that Derby, but there's gonna be a dog fight and it's gonna be very interesting with Lutescu coming to that stadium. I, I gosh, I cannot wait to play Pauk in uh, near Philadelphia. Um, I did throw an extra game in here. So I think Olympiacos is going to win this game. Um, Scoreline. And please, guys, full disclosure, do not bet these games. These are just my own gut feelings and thoughts as far as I've seen the teams. Um, don't go out betting in these games because I'm not a betting man. Uh, I've been right with some of my predictions, but a lot of them have been wrong. So please, full disclosure, do not bet these games on what I'm talking about. Uh, that would be a huge mistake, unless you can afford it. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but I don't think I could see this being like a like a 2-1 win for Olympiacos. I think goals are going to go in. Olympiacos' defense, even though they're slowly playing better football and they're, they're, they're assembling somewhat of a team, um, Panatolikos is still scrappy enough to where I feel like they could get a goal. I would be very, very shocked if Olympiacos don't get a victory in this match. Or, I'm sorry, excuse me. I would be very, very shocked if Olympiacos get defeated in this match. I would not be shocked if there's like a 1-1 result as a surprise. I mean, I, I re- but I really think that that's where the match lies right now. I, I think Panatolikos is so sound that they're not going to go out and get smashed. And they're not into, like, that's another thing is Olympiacos has kind of lost their intimidating factor this this season, for at least this year. Um, they don't look very intimidating like they used to. They kind of look like sort of not the same, exact same way we fell apart for different reasons, but how we did last year, how anybody felt like they could beat us at any moment and could score on us at any moment. Um, they're not scaring anybody. But of course, then we still have the, the referees to talk about. I'm sure there's going to be a penalty or two given in Nagrinho. <clears throat> Let's move on. I put this one game in as a surprise because I feel like if you have time this weekend, I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it, but I throw me to Volos should be highly entertaining match, especially both of these clubs playing uh, very good football, very high up there in the in the standings right now. Uh, I, I throw me to has seemed to have really found their stride. Um, they're coming off their best performance, even though it was a loss to us. I still think it was the best performance that Dormitos had this season. Volos are the real deal. They feel like a good team. And I could see, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, both of these clubs, I feel like, could be dark horses for that top six spot if someone happens to to bail out of there. Or could even, I think, if, a season spirals out of control for one of the the big five, I think we could see Atromitos or Volos kind of taking their spot. Because I do think both of these teams, Atromitos definitely has room for improvement, and Volos, now Volos I want to see after the, 
the World Cup breaking in January after they lose Pablo Garcia, what that's going to look like. But, you know, anyway, just the thought of an entertaining match. I'm not going to tell a scoreline here, but I think um, it should be a very entertaining match if you can catch it. That's why I put it in here. Okay, let's move on to Panathinaikos. is <clears throat> hosting Aris and Laforos. Big test, I think, for the Greens. Um, especially in, in injury-riddled greens. Uh, I'm marking this one because I don't want to be wrong again. <laughs> but Athenikos finds a way to win. That's one thing that they've had this season. They find a way to win. It might not be pretty. They're getting results, whether it's through um, a, a, a late penalty or finding someone to step up and score. They're finding ways to win, which listen, that's it's that's pedigree of, of of championship. That you you need to do that sometimes. We did it against Atomidos last week, not to get the penalty. I'm talking about. I'm talking about just to. You're gonna have difficult wins in the season. You're gonna have games like that where it seems like you cannot score. Um, but Panathinaikos have also injuries are piling up. Uh, Aris, again, Jekyll and Hyde. They look good one game. They look bad the other. I think they're still trying to find themselves. But this could be a big test for Panathinaikos and for Adi if they want to get back into contention. You go in there and you beat Panathinaikos and then people start talking about you again, getting your confidence back up. Uh, Pardue seems to be having them playing better football lately. So I think... Um, this is going to be a very, very entertaining match. I'm going to say here that it's going to be 2-2. I'm not going to say that Panathinaikos are going to drop full points, but... Uh, let me take a second here. It wouldn't surprise me if I go in there and win, simply because Panathinaikos have had a lot of injuries, but they're also playing with a lot of confidence. They've gone 8-for-8. Eight eight. If they go 9-for-9, nine nine, that would tie their record in the start of the Super League <clears throat> as a team. Um, so very, very interesting to see how that's going to end up. And I do want to see before, I know a lot of people are saying Panathinaikos are leading the table. They're the favorites right now. Yada, 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 whatever you want to say. But for me, I want to see how this Panathinaikos team deals with that adversity. Because I feel like everyone has, every of the other teams down the line have dealt with something. You know, Olympiacos... They, pardon the expression, Olympiacos fans that might listen to this, but at times they, they still seem like a dumpster fire. Even though Michel seems to be trying to get a team together, they still seem like a dumpster fire at times. And, um, <clears throat> you know, Balk, like I said, I still stand by it. I feel like they're going to fire Luchesco by the end of the year. But, you know, they went into Olympiacos and got a win. And they still have good quality on that on, the, on that Balk side. So, and then us, you know, we had that early loss to Vogos. We had our loss to, we weren't playing very well the first few games. We had that bad loss to Vogos. We went into Panathinaikos and Loforos and didn't play our best game. Like we we deserved to lose that game, as I've said all season. We didn't deserve to lose in the way that we did. Uh. So everyone's kind of been tested. I want to see what happens when this Panathinaikos team drops full points or finally starts dropping some points because I, I just don't see them 
going whatever the league games go to now, 32 or whatever the heck it is, whatever number it is, going 32-0, and 0, let's say. I don't, I don't really see them going, like, being that invincible. They're definitely beatable. Um, it's just a matter of I want to see how this team's going to, before I can say that, okay, they're heavy favorites to be champions, as some people are saying in Greece, I want to see how they're going to react when they have that first loss and the couple of games after that. So it should be very interesting. I do think this is the game to mark it down. And if they win this game, I'm not going to say that again for the entire season because I feel like I've said that the past few weeks in a row where I'm expecting Panathinaikos to drop points. <clears throat> but, it, you know, it wouldn't, would it surprise me if they won? No, but I also wouldn't be surprised if they lost or, you know, got one point out of this game. So let's move on. Balkanasteras. Asteras, I know they haven't been playing good football, but Balk needs to be careful because they haven't been playing good football at all. Like, even Balk fans will tell you that they don't even know how they got that win in Karaskaki uh, last week. For this season alone, I feel like Karaskaki has lost its lore um, for this season so far. Anywhere, I feel like, like I said, everyone can go against Libakos and feel like they can beat them this year. Um... But I feel like the, this game against Asteras, Asteras still has a lot of quality. They're hungry for points. They need points. I think Pauk still, in some way, shape, or form, gets a victory, which would make the next match against Dyke, the Derby, coming to now Philadelphia, a massive, massive match. Uh, game of the season type stuff going on next week. If, if both Ike and Pauk win this week, or if one of them drops points, Either way, it's it's going to be, a, besides being a huge deadbeat, and besides being the fact that we can't stand Lutescu and we can't stand the the crazy Balk fans, um, they've honestly become a team that's gotten so far under our skin lately that it, it's becoming a, a team. I don't, I don't ever want to say I hate their fan base, but I hate their fanatical side of the fan base, if that makes sense. The Opadiki side of the fan base. Um, so that will be very interesting. I still, like I said, I still do think Pauk come out with a one nil victory, but I wouldn't be surprised here if they drop points and it'll make it a very, uh, very interesting stuff to talk about next week. Really quickly. I know guys have gone kind of long because I've just had so much to talk about today to cover these last two wins for Ike and a little bit of basketball and looking forward to this weekend. But, you know, one thing that's been a lot in the Greek media the past week has been this talk about the World Cup break. And it's something that, honestly, for me, watching how well we've been playing as a team, speaking about Ike, is a little scary because we have a lot of World Cup players on our roster. Uh, no one has ever gone through something like this. Olympiakos. This is going to be like another preseason, so you're giving them time to build back up. Uh, it's going to make it very, very interesting to see what's going to happen after the break. You're going to give teams that have struggled, like Bauk, time to get back up to par. And then I can Panathinaikos right now, which a lot of people are saying, you know, it's, it's these two teams for the title fight. Uh, I would pump the brakes on that. Not right now, unless... 
unless Balk and Olibekos go on a couple of runs where they start losing points and they really fall back, and then it's just I can Panathinaikos. But even then, I feel like even now, I mean, if I'm Panathinaikos, uh, yes, I'm watching my back because Ike is right there at six points behind. But even Olibekos at ten points behind, it's not that far of a distance considering uh, the playoffs where we've all got to play each other. And like I've said from the beginning of the season, the playoffs are going to be very... My prediction was that are going to be very, very interesting this year if everyone can keep it close. Um, but also, Libekos as a team, they have not been used to this type of pressure and this type of stress, both them and their fan base. No offense to their... I'm talking about their younger fan base because you do have one or two generations of Libekos fans, almost two generations, that are not used to seeing their team like this, that are not that are used to always being Greek champions, always being at least on top, or at least a few points within the top. You, you've you never seen them as the chaser, and we know where we've chased before, where it's not so much the difference in points, but the fact that you have so much pressure because you have to win, especially if the other teams keep winning in front of you. Because you not only have to make up the difference, but you have to hope they start slipping up. And uh, I think it's going to be very hard for, for Ike and Panathinaikos this year to lose points anywhere. Um, but you never know. This this break, what scares me is that injuries from the World Cup can happen. Um, I'm really hoping, and I'm sure this is going to be the case, that we're going to play friendlies during the World Cup, both to kind of give the players that haven't played much a chance and to kind of, you know, just keep the team warmed up. Like you can't just let everyone just go home and then bam, right after the world cup, come back and, you know, start the season again. And I'm hoping that, you know, I hope all our players that are going to the world cup do well, but if there are players that um, don't make it far into the tournament, as soon as we get those players back to kind of get them into the squad, get some friendlies going to kind of get, you know, not really get them back in a game form, but get them back into the, in the, in the playing with each other again. It, it just, I'm starting to get excited because I love the World Cup. I'm absolutely probably like any other football head out there. I mean, listen, in full disclosure, yesterday was a big cup game, cup day in Europe. I saw there were some La Liga games on, I didn't watch any of it, honestly. I'm a big football guy, but I was like, eh, I just want to rest. Um, but World Cup, I mean, I don't know if you guys are like this or in international competitions. I don't care if it's Saudi Arabia and Japan, where I have no freaking rooting interest whatsoever. I'm sitting down and watching that match. I don't know if it's just the passion that these players have playing for their countries or if it's because it's a country versus another country or I don't know what it is about the World Cup, but... Starting to get excited about it, but at the same time, two things that make me depressed. The fact that Greece isn't going to be there, and the fact that um, it's such a huge unknown for every league around Europe that um, it's kind of scaring me as to what will Ike look like after the World Cup. Like, can we carry on the way we're carrying on now? Can we keep getting better, or is this just going to be a roadblock and then somebody, not just Olympiacos, but if Panathinaikos and Pauk just start going on this crazy roll, you know, start steamrolling people and start playing better bala, um, you know, and I'll talk about it more as 
as uh, that time comes. Again, as I said in the beginning of the season, I think it's very important because I think we'll, we'll, the next round will start, so we'll have the same opponents. It'll be very important that I think the fourth match, we're going to play Panathinaikos at home. Big match. If things stay the way they are, we're close to them in the title hunt. It's going to be a massive match. Again, it'll be important for us to get all nine points before that match comes up. But you know, it's a question mark for everybody. I know for Ike and Panathinaikos fans getting a little nervous about it because we're playing great Bala right now. <laughs> you know, we kind of don't want it to happen, honestly. Uh, for Ilbecos and Balk fans, and maybe Adi fans, I don't know the, the Palmo, the, how the, the feeling around the team of Adis is. But I know for Olympiacos fans, for a fact, and Balk fans, they're hoping and they're saying that they're going to look, especially Olympiacos, they're, they're going to look a lot better after this World Cup break. Nobody knows, guys, but have a great week. Um, I'll, I'll talk to you guys next week. Again, I greatly appreciate it. Um, please subscribe and review the podcast. The reviews really, really help. I'll talk to you guys later.